You're listening to Comedy Central. Stock market. Do you guys celebrate the stock markets? Yeah? Well, maybe not today. Shit was crashing, son. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. It was just like red, 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 red. And then Bitcoin was also crashing, which makes no sense to me because people tell me Bitcoin is the thing that's supposed to protect you from the market, but then Bitcoin goes with the market, which makes no sense. At one point, I tried to check my stock portfolio app and my app was just like, ah, maybe go play some Wordle, buddy. <laughs> it's not a good day. Actually, you know what? I, f- I feel bad for all the Wall Street guys who jumped out of the window at noon because the market rebounded and it came up higher at the end of the day. So now you know there's at least like one guy who jumped out of the window and then it's like, ah oh, man, you gotta wait till the end of the day to kill yourself, fellas. You never know what the market's gonna do. Imagine jumping out the window and you're like, ah, and then as you're falling down the building, you're looking in the windows of your building, then you're seeing the thing go up and you're like, oh no, no, I'm rich, I'm rich. Yeah, but that happened today on the stock markets. And I think it's rebounded. They said it ended higher than where it started in the day, which must be terrifying for people's money. Because we always think about this from our perspective as humans, but imagine how your money feels. <laughs> the stock market is like a roller coaster for your money. You know how terrifying that shit is? You just put your money in there. You don't even think about your money. Your money buys you food, your money buys you shelter, and you don't give a shit. You're just like, yeah, money, go to the stock market. And then your money is just that terrified. I'm down, I'm up, I'm less, I'm more. It's terrifying. I do that on purpose though with my money. I put my money in the stock market just so that it appreciates my bank account more. <laughs> then when my money comes back to my bank account, it's like, yo, Trev, I'm never gonna talk shit about this ever again, man. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, the playoffs in overtime. TikTok's new villain. And Jay Shetty. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah, and joining me for today's headlines is our very own Desi Lydic. What's going on, Desi? I've Thanks, missed you. Trevor. I missed you. You know, I'm, I'm making the most of my January. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing dry January, actually. And I feel great. I feel really good. It's hard, but you know, I'm just like drinking a ton of water, dropping a little LSD every night, taking the edge off. So far, I feel awesome. The whole point, I think, is to, you know what? Good for you, Desi. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, I'm really proud. Completely sober. All right, let's jump right into today's headlines. We kick things off with the NFL. The sport's so good, we totally forgot about the brain damage. Now, this weekend had some absolutely crazy NFL playoff games. I mean, football hasn't seen anything this exciting since that Super Bowl where the Patriots accidentally took on a puppy bowl team. You remember that? Yo, those puppies got blown out! 52-17. And for all four games this weekend, if you didn't stick around till the very end, you basically missed the entire thing. There may have never been another playoff weekend like the one that you saw this weekend. The Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills capped off one of the wildest weekends of football of all time with all four games decided on the final play. Remarkable! The Chiefs and Bills scored a combined 25 points over the final two minutes of regulation with the lead changing three times. He might be gone! He is! Buffalo went ahead with 13 seconds remaining after 
Josh Allen's fourth touchdown pass of the game, all of them to Gabriel Davis. Down the middle to the end zone, and there it is! But Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs down the field to set up a 49-yard field goal to send the game into overtime. Kansas City won the coin toss and marched downfield. Mahomes connected with Travis Kelsey to secure their spot in the AFC Championship game. To the end zone for the win! He caught it! Yes! Yes, he caught it! He caught it! Did you see that? Oh, man, he caught it. That was so great to see. And it's also so great to hear someone say he caught it and it's not about Omicron. Wow! For real, guys, that game, it was incredible. It was incredible. All the games were. I was so amped up, I had trouble going to bed afterwards. It was a huge problem. In fact, I think when the NFL airs a game like this on Sunday nights, like, they should think about us people who need to go to sleep, you know? They should, like, maybe always air a New York Jets game afterwards just to help you relax, you know? Yeah. Oh, and, and you know what else they need to do in the NFL? They need to get rid of the sudden death rule, okay? Like, if one team scores, the other team should have a chance to respond. We did this in soccer a long time ago. We saw it's not fair. Like, what's the rush? No one is watching an NFL playoff game in overtime thinking, this is the most exciting part of the game. Oh, I hope it ends soon. <laughs> and also to base the possession on a coin flip. Who came up with this? It's not fair. It's archaic. Instead of a coin, they should switch to crypto. Yeah, both teams get a Bitcoin. And then whichever side can explain why it's not a scam, they get to go first. I think that's more fair. Although honestly, I think this game shouldn't have even gone into overtime. You're telling me that the Bills' defense couldn't have held on for 13 seconds? 13 seconds? I've had farts that last longer than that. And yes, smart guy, I have seen a doctor about it. And yeah, he does have some serious concerns, but that's not the point. You know what, I will say this. I think you can accomplish a lot in 13 seconds. 13 seconds is a great amount of time. It's the right amount of time that you should spend with your kid every day. It's exactly the amount of time that the CDC says you should wash your hands. It's exactly the amount of time that you should spend before sending a tweet out. Like thinking about it? Yeah, like you'd be surprised how much you could do in 13 seconds, don't you think? I don't think I've ever changed my mind about something in 13 seconds. Well, I don't know. You could. The, corn, the coin flip thing I'm with you on though. Yeah, it right? does not belong in football. Does not belong in football. It could belong in other things. Like I did flip a coin to figure out which vaccine I should take. It was like, heads, I do Pfizer. Oh. Tails, I do Moderna. If the coin drops into the sewer, I do J&J. So. <laughs> I got Pfizer, but it really could have gone in a different direction. <laughs> oh, man, J&J. Yeah. I should maybe figure out a different system for doing stuff like that. Oh, all right. Let's move on to a team that hopefully has a better defense than the Bills. Ukraine. For months now. Tensions have been building on the border of Ukraine as Russia has sent 100,000 troops to the region. And now it's looking like war could break out at any time. With Russian troops massing along Ukraine's northern, southern, and eastern borders, Europe now teetering on the brink of war. U.S. officials ordering the evacuation of family members of U.S. embassy staff in Ukraine. The order comes as tensions mount in the region, with some fearing a Russian invasion could come at any time, despite consistent denials by the Kremlin. Now the New York Times reporting that President Biden is weighing sending thousands of U.S. troops, warships, and aircraft to Eastern Europe. Secretary of State Antony Blinken reaffirming U.S. support for the Ukrainian government. If a single additional Russian force goes into Ukraine in an aggressive way, uh, as I said, that would trigger uh, a swift, a severe, 
and a united response uh, from us uh, and from Europe. Yeah, you heard the man. Russia better not enter Ukraine in an aggressive way. But if the whole army just kind of shimmies in, though, that would be kind of cute. You know, we'll let that slide. He's like, excuse me, excuse me, coming to take country, coming to take country, please. And look, those are strong words from America's Secretary of State, but if I'm a Ukrainian, probably gonna hedge my bets. You know, I'll look at what happened with Afghanistan and I'll book my seats on that evacuation flight now. And this isn't just about Ukraine, by the way. Many countries, many countries are worried about what this war could mean for the entire region. Hell, even for the entire world, it could spiral out into a bigger war, like World War III. And personally, I don't think America is ready to fight Russia over Ukraine. I mean, America has been fighting brown people for so long, doesn't even remember how to fight white people. At least Ukraine has time to prepare, though. I mean, that's the thing about war these days. The elements of surprise is gone. And you've got a satellite, you see them, 100,000 Russians at your border. Back in the old days, you could launch a surprise attack, but now you send troops to the other border, Waze just tells everybody, hey, the Russian army is causing slowdowns on your route, so you probably want to avoid the freeway. The thing I don't get is why Russia even wants Ukraine so badly. Like, what do you want? Have you seen a map of Russia? Just, just go to Siberia. There's a Ukraine-sized piece of land with one guy living on it. You don't even have to fight Ukraine. You can just fight Dmitry. I know why Russia's doing this. They're doing it because we're in between James Bonds right now. I mean, who's gonna stop Russia if it's not for having one British alcoholic guy? We gotta pick a bond. Gotta pick a bond. I would have never thought of that as being the reason. But it's true, we are bondless. We're bondless. Oof. It's not that hard, we gotta pick someone. I think it is hard, I mean, there's so many of them. Well, yeah, but we got a lot of great choices. That's you true. just Elba? Yeah. You could do it. Are you pointing at me? You could do it. Oh. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Yes, you could. I, d I, don't like, I don't like vodka. Well, you could fake it though. It's a part, it's an acting role, you can do it. I saw that shimmy. Can't fake That's a bond shimmy. You can't fake drinking vodka. Because if you, you, when you drink it, it, like it's still, you taste it and then you, like I throw up. You should try a little LSD. You could be a dry bond, but then replace it with LSD. Oh, I like that. I'll call your agents. Thank you, Desi. You're welcome. I'll take my LSD shaken. We'll workshop it. We'll work it out. Okay, well, let's move on from a, a war that might never start to one that never ends. The battle over COVID vaccines. After what shoes should M&Ms wear, asking whether vaccines are good is literally the dumbest thing people can fight about, but they are fighting. And yesterday, thousands of people held a rally in Washington, D.C. to hear why vaccine mandates are worse than Hitler. In the nation's capital Sunday, demonstrators gathered at the Lincoln Memorial, many voicing opposition to the COVID-19 vaccine, others protesting vaccine mandates. Among the speakers, Robert Kennedy Jr., son of the late New York Senator and Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy. What we're seeing today is what I call turnkey totalitarianism. They are putting in place all of these technological mechanisms for control. Uh, we've never seen before, even in Hitler, Germany, you could, you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. Yeah, the man is right. Who could argue? No one ever talks about how good Anne Frank had it. 
free room and board, all the time in the world to write? Pretty sweet deal if you ask me. I will say though, crazy is relative because RFK may be saying wild shit about the Holocaust, but half the people he's talking to don't even believe the Holocaust happened. And yeah, just standing there like, and Frank didn't realize this guy was such a liberal, huh? Oh my God, it's like every family has that one loose cannon, like just a total embarrassment. Every family has that. Although I have to say, I don't think there's one in my family. Everyone is pretty normal, not like one major embarrassment, so. Oh my God, am I the embarrassment? No. Am I the one? No. Oh God, I'm the Chet Hanks. Oh, shit. So I better not put out that rap video. My patois was getting so good. <sighs> Delete it. Anyway. I'm, I'm sorry you found that out on TV, Desi. Are we on TV? All right, finally. Let's talk about movie trailers. It's a question I ask myself all the time, to be honest. All right, and finally, let's talk about movie trailers. They're the free sample that the theater hands out so that hopefully you'll buy the whole movie. Normally, trailers are a simple thing that we watch and then we move on with our lives. But now, some people are very upset about a trailer that promised more than it could deliver. Well, two fans of actress Anna de Armas have filed a federal class action lawsuit against Universal. They say the actress was not in the final cut of the movie yesterday, although she appeared in the trailer. The suit accuses Universal of engaging in deceptive marketing techniques, false advertisement, unjust enrichment, and violating competition laws. The suit seeks to recover at least $5 million. Hell yeah! Give these people their $5 million. Give it to them. This shit drives me crazy, man. Let me tell you something. This happens all the time and nobody does anything about this. They have trailers that have nothing to do with the movie. They just put things in and then I go there. Like, there's a badass scene in the trailer for Licorice Pizza, right? Where Bradley Cooper is doing some kung fu smashing thing with like car windows. He's got like a pair of squeegees. But that doesn't happen in the movie. Never happens. The whole movie, I was waiting for it, never happened. I even sat through the credits to see if like it comes afterwards. Nothing. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson came out and he recruited everyone for the Avengers, but otherwise, nothing about the car windows. That's the problem with movie trailers. They all go too far in one direction or another. They're either showing me the stuff that's not in the movie or they're showing me the entire movie. First, they fell in love, but then they broke up, but then they reunited on the Eiffel Tower. That's the big finale. You never see it coming, except we just showed it to you, so you will this summer. Stop doing that. Just pique my interest, that's it. I will say, at the same time, though, $5 million is a big penalty. I don't know if the movie studio should pay $5 million for this. Like, I think it would be enough to just give them a free popcorn at the next movie, you know? But make it a large popcorn, because the lawyers, they're gonna take two-thirds of it. Yeah, that's how law works. But there should be some punishment for lying to your audience about who's in your movie. You can't just get away with that. Or if there's no punishment, then fine but then I should get to do it too. Yeah, make sure to stick around for my exclusive interview with the ghost of Princess Diana, coming up next. I feel like if we're gonna sue movie trailers for anything, it should be for destroying our favorite childhood songs. They always like put in some creepy, slowed down version of a kid's song. Like, yeah, yeah right? Like, they're like, ring around the rosy. I'm like, great. Thanks for ruining my favorite childhood song of people dying in the plague. Destroyed it forever. 
They're like from the creators of Saw. It's head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Crazy. It's awful. You better hope they don't reboot Jaws. It'll be like baby shark. Do, 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 do. That song became very creepy when you sang it slow, actually. I know, right? Try getting that out of your head for the rest yeah. of the day. Just like someone walking through. If someone was singing that at night in my house, yeah. really like do, 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 do. That's terrifying, actually. Yeah, I, got, I have nightmares about it. It could be the LSD, but. You, you should, never mind. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about West Elm Caleb and why social media is the best place to hash out your drama. You don't wanna miss it. Did you, guys, did you guys see this thing about West Elm Caleb? Has anybody seen this story? It's a huge story that like, it has, it blew up, well, it's weird. It started on TikTok and then it got bigger and it went from, it went from TikTok to like tabloids and then from tabloids it went to like newspapers and like, you know, the New York Times and everyone wrote about it. The long and short of the story is, um, there's a woman on TikTok who posted a story about a bad date that she had with a guy named Caleb. Then other women saw that video and they thought she was talking about another Caleb. And then they were like, ah, oh, yeah, we met Caleb. And she's like, well, not that Caleb. But they were like, but what is, the, who's this Caleb? And so there's a Caleb who apparently worked at West Elm, the furniture place. And then these women were now like, yeah, this Caleb is a dick. What he did was he um, took me on a date and then went on a bunch of dates with me and then ghosted me and disappeared. And then, I don't know if like one of the women or the other one was like, he also sent unsolicited dick pics. And this became a huge, but this became huge online. Like, I mean, massive, right? And then what happened was, like one of the woman's videos went really viral and she, she put up Caleb's face and his name and everything. So people tracked him down, found his workplace, started threatening like West Elm, like about like furniture and shit and him. And then, um, and then like he's, he's gone now. The guy's like basically had to go deep undercover. He's just gone. He's a six foot four white boy named Caleb and he's gone. And he had to disappear. And this became a huge story online because people were like, yeah, he got what he deserved. You know, this is terrible what he did to, to, to women and, and whatever. And I was, I was going, I was watching the story evolve over the weekend. And you know what was, what was going through my head? Well, first of all, I was thinking like, it's amazing how much coverage he got from ghosting. He didn't do anything like, super bad from what the people are saying. The unsolicited, unsolicited dick pics we'll talk about, obviously, that's bad. But I'm saying he, he just ghosted, and then the guy's viral on every newspaper in the country, and all I kept thinking was, the Uyghurs in China, they should ghost someone. <laughs> I've never seen them get this much coverage. Yeah, you just like ghost a few people, and then all of a sudden, everyone's gonna be talking about you, you know? But it was wild to me that like, this thing became such a big story, considering it was like a private date and a private conversation. And don't get, it don't get it twisted. I'm not blaming women who went on dates for anything. It's like a commentary on the culture that we live in. Do you know what I mean? But I, I felt like, I don't know if I was the only person, I was going, have we lost the ability to go on bad dates? Is that not a thing anymore? Because yeah. <laughs> I go like, if you, if you have a bad date, you're allowed to feel upset about it, right? And you should be able to talk about it. I mean, you, and you should be able to roast, like if you went on a date with a shit guy, roast him all you want. It, like that's in the constitution, I think. <laughs> the whole point of dating is so that you can talk shit about bad dates. Like that's why you go on dates is because you want to get those stories about how shit the dates were. You know, otherwise what's the point of dating? You're like trying to find love, that's boring. 
You know, love is like what you want at the end, but you want the bad date stories along the way. That's why you're dating. Otherwise, you just do an arranged marriage. Then you just go straight in, no stories. You know what I'm saying? But now, like, what, what was weird to me with the story is, like, these people are sharing stories that I personally felt you would share with your friends. Right, but now they're sharing them on social media, going like, oh, this is what happened to me personally in my life. And then social media jumps on because the algorithm takes the story, which is like a funny story, because I, I should also include the, the woman who, who had like one of the most viral videos, she came out afterwards and she's like, oh, I didn't want Caleb to get death threats. I thought I was just telling a funny story to people on TikTok, which she was. But then the algorithm goes like, ah, conflict, you know? It's like the conflict monster. And then it put it out to the world. And then the world was like, we don't see anything funny. Caleb must die. They're like, West Elm Caleb must die. And I love that that was his thing. Tabloids, everyone was like, West Elm Caleb, West Elm Caleb, everyone. Which is shitty in my opinion. I, I do not know West Elm Caleb. I have no affiliation with West Elm Caleb. I do not care for him. He's some random six foot four white boy. I don't care. But maybe that's part of the reason it's fashionable to dunk on him is because he's a straight white guy. So people are like, yeah, get him. But I still go, he's a human being. We haven't heard his side of the story and people can just shit on him. And I don't think it's fair. I genuinely don't think it's fair that like, like internet mobs just jump on you like this. And then your job, this shit went to his job. Imagine now your boss is there and he's like, ah, oh, good sales quarter. Uh, you know, but uh, the streets are saying you're a fuck boy. <laughs> no one deserves that. And West Elm doesn't deserve this. These poor people are trying to sell furniture. Next thing, their phones are ringing off the hook. They must have been like, oh shit, the ads are working. And they pick up the phone, hello? What? No, no, I won't forward your bum to Caleb, thank you. And it's like, this, this story for me was like the perfect encapsulation of all the things that are great about social media, but then also are the downsides of social media. And part of it was a lot of the language that people were using, because they were saying what Caleb does, because apparently he sent some of the women the same playlist that he sent the other women, but he called them different names. And so they were like, oh, he's gaslighting us. I was like, no, that's just recycling game. You know what I mean? That that's, most people have limited game. I don't know why everyone thinks they're fancy. <laughs> most people, everything you think that's unique about a person, they've done to everybody else that they've met. <laughs> oh, well, is it just me or are you? Yeah, you've done this many times. <laughs> There's nothing spontaneous about anybody. They've done all the shit that you've met them doing. Every sexual position, every everything. Do you know what I mean? They're not gaslighting you. And then they were saying he's love bombing, which if I understand correctly means he was, he like, like just he piled it on thick at the beginning and then just disappeared afterwards. So he was like, oh, I like you, I like you, I like you, texting, texting, texting. Then he disappeared and they were like, that's love bombing. And here's the thing, I'm glad that people are going to therapy. I'm going to therapy, everyone's going to therapy, but we should be careful to bring the therapy speak into life because we are not therapists. You know what I mean? I don't know if this is love bombing. I think this is human nature. We get obsessed with a thing when it's new, we love using it and that's it. When I was young, my mom bought me a fire truck. I drove the shit out of that fire truck like the whole house was burning for a week and then I didn't use the fire truck. My mom didn't come and be like, you love bombing that fire truck. <laughs> she was just like, you, you got bored. It, the thing is not what, you know what I mean? And then they're like, this is abuse. This is a form of abuse. Look, man, I take abuse really seriously. I think we all should, you know? But I don't think all rejection is abuse. Life is about getting rejected. Unfortunately, for everyone to get a yes, someone had to get a no. 
every one of us here. The fact that you are in a relationship with someone is because other people rejected them or rejected you. That's the only reason we get there. Life is about rejection. People have a right to reject you. It's shit, but they have a right to reject you. You know, all of these things, it's like people, it's like now we're living in a world where people are like, ah, oh, no, I, I, you know, I don't have a right to f not feel good. No, that's, I don't want you to not feel good, but people have a right to reject you. In fact, ghosting is not as bad as people think because the person is sending you a message by not sending you a message. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been ghosted and been like, but how do they feel about me? <laughs> that's what they're telling you. They're telling you. He's like, I don't know how they feel about, they, yeah, you know how they, you know what I mean? The only people who don't understand ghosting is those automatic services that text you. Then they say, reply stop. <laughs> if you want to stop getting these messages, please reply stop, you know? So I don't know, I think it was unfair for West Elm Caleb. Because look, I get, I get what that woman was doing. She was telling a funny story online. I don't think she should have included his face. I don't think she should have included his name. You can tell the story and it'll be just as funny without telling, you could even call, call him Furniture Boy. I think that's a great name. Furniture boy, great, you know? But then I think as society as well, we need to calm down with just being these like, you know, we're not even like detectives. We just jump into viral mobs. We don't know the people, we don't know the full story, right? All we know is that strangers are having drama and then before you know it, we just decide to insert ourselves. And I always think to myself, before you insert yourself in any drama like this, ask yourself if that's what you would want strangers doing to you. Just ask yourself that question. That's just my opinion on it, you know? And, and please, I know people, I'm not talking about the dick pics. Just to be clear, I'm not including that. Unsolicited dick pics are never okay. Never okay. Dick pics in general, people. I don't know why anyone is sending dick pics, right? They're, they're not cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen the Statue of David? Even there, Michelangelo was like, giant statue, dick, no, he didn't just, He's like, you don't want this thing now. <laughs> dicks are not like, they're not cool. No one's day is ever made better by an unexpected dick pic, you know? No one's ever like, yeah, I was really depressed, but then I saw Barry's dick and I thought, you know what? Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> like if a woman wants to see your dick, she will ask you for a picture or she'll watch Euphoria. It's like a dick a minute in that show, <laughs> which is great. Don't send your dick to anybody, nobody. Nobody's day is made better by you randomly sending them your dick. Have you seen penises? They look like depressed old men. <laughs> Who wants to see your dick? So yeah, that's West Elm Cave. Oh, by the way, did I tell you about the dates I had with uh, Restoration Hardware Heather? <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is mindfulness expert, Jay Shetty. He's here to talk about his new partnership with the meditation app, Calm. Jay Shetty, welcome to The Daily Show. Trevor, thanks for having me. Many people see your face and they go like, I know this guy, I know him from Instagram maybe, you know, I, I know him from having conversations with Oprah or with Ellen or, you, you very quickly have become the face of, I mean, Calm for many people, you know? And, and, and you've talked about thinking like a monk, your New York Times best-selling book. So I wanted to know this. Number one, what does a monk think like? I know it's in a whole book. What does a monk think like? And secondly, when was the last time you got angry? So one of the first things that I realized when I trained to become a monk is that monks are very normal. 
they're, we're all normal people. They come from normal backgrounds. They weren't born monks. Like you don't come out of the womb as a monk. Uh -huh. And so a big part of that was learning new mindsets. So we were on a 72 hour train journey from the north of India to the south of India. Okay. Now as a monk, you don't travel in first class. You don't travel in economy. You travel in the lowest class possible. So we're on the train. Wait, why? Because you're trying to have as least attachment to your surroundings wow. and, and okay. least, least desires. Now, I stop at the different stops. I get off and I meditate and I get back on the train. And mm -hmm. my teacher notices that. And he says to me, why, why are you not meditating on the train? And he said, well, well, I said, it's so hectic on the train, but the stop is peaceful. Mm -hmm. So I get off at the stop, I do my meditation and I get, ba get back on. And he said, do you think life is peaceful like the stop? or is it difficult like the train? And you know, I'm, I'm at like my first week of monk training right now. And I said, I think it's difficult like the train. He said, well, that's where you practice how to meditate. Oh, wow. So that's how monks think. Monks think, how can we be in the chaos, okay. be in the clutter, okay. but still look for stillness in that time? So when was the last time you got angry? The last time I got angry would have to be probably like a month ago. What were you angry about? I think I was angry because I didn't get the Christmas gift I wanted. <laughs> this is the opposite of... Totally the opposite. What would your monk teacher say about that? Oh, they'd be very, very disappointed. Okay, because, okay, okay. Yeah. So this, this yeah. is an interesting life that you've lived, Jay, because I mean, you decided, you know what, I'm not gonna go straight into business. I'm gonna go to, to the world of being a monk. What stopped you from continuing the monk life? Yeah. You know, like, don't most monks go like, I don't want for anything, I don't need anything no attachment, yes. and that's it. Where it feels like you've gone the opposite. You've gone monk, but then I also don't mind bawling. <laughs> so most of my friends are still monks, and a lot of them have continued to be lifelong monks. And for me, it was a purpose. The way we were trained was that the greatest gift or the greatest focus of a human is how can I serve others? Oh. How can I best help others and serve others? And so when I shared this doubt that I had with my teachers, they said to me, Jay, we feel the same way. We feel that you'd better serve if you were to move on. I think that was their nice way of saying- We can you out, yeah. That seems <laughs> like, like a nice way. It's not you, it's me. It's like a relationship <laughs> okay. breaker. But, but they agreed with me. And now when I still go and study with my teachers uh -huh. or I, I meet with them or I travel with them, it's really beautiful to see how they've continued with that completely detached lifestyle. But they're so kind and gracious with how they allow me to be my true self and allow me to serve in that way. And I think that's what we're all looking for. We're looking to be accepted for who we truly are, to yes. accept ourselves, yes. but to use what we've been given to serve and help others. Let's talk a little bit about the Calm app then. I think we all wanna become more present. We all wanna be less shaken by the world every single day. And then you get apps on your phone <laughs> that are helping you to disconnect from your phone and find the calm. It, like th there is a paradox in that and, and you're teaming up with Calm now to, to, to essentially curate experiences around mindfulness. Is that in and of itself not a paradox? Are we not living in a world where you should be going like, no phones, I'm just gonna email you guys something that you can read once and then you're gonna know how to meditate. It's a massive paradox. I mean, Trevor, if you're ready to come with me to India tomorrow and we're gonna pack our bags three months, not use our phones, we'll do a little retreat together, I'm in. I would do that if you people would... here didn't pay me. I but know, yeah, that's, that's I would the do problem, that. right? Yes. It's like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so I understand that people can't just leave. Right. They can't just stop. Everyone has bills to pay, everyone has lives to lead, everyone has children or family or whatever mm -hmm, it may mm -hmm. be. So I think we have to meet people where they are. And to me, that's what the apps do. There's, you're meeting someone where they are in a world that they understand, in a world that they can contextualize. And if we can create a platform yeah. whereby for seven minutes a day, 
you're using your phone to invest in yourself, uh -huh. you're using your phone to take time for yourself, then I think that's a great starting point. And that's what it is. It's what do you think the biggest point. misconception around meditation is? I think the biggest misconception around meditation is that you have to change what you're wearing, you have to change where you're sitting, and that you have to silence the mind. I think people are trying to quiet their mind. They're trying to stop everything from happening. And meditation is not about stopping, it's about observing. It's about sitting with. It's about understanding, it's about being curious. You now live in, I mean, the heart of capitalism. You know, it's the exact opposite of what you did for three years yeah. in India. You know, there's money, there's money to be made. There's a balance between giving a thing and getting a thing in return. I even think about this with like meditation and therapy sometimes. I go, it's amazing that the thing most people need the most is the thing that you have to pay for. So like, how do you balance that conundrum in a world where you're trying to do for others but then it seems like sometimes it can only be for something in exchange. Yeah, one of the biggest things that I've definitely tried to do, and that's why the partnership with Calm is awesome, is we've tried to provide the service at scale. So right now, if you sign up, you can sign up for $42 for the whole year. Okay. So that's like three and a half dollars a month. Okay. Right, like that's the average. So it's fully accessible. We've tried to make it as affordable and accessible for each and every human on the planet, because that's the true desire. Mm -hmm. But the way I grapple with that is, I really enjoy being in the battle and realizing how weak I am and seeing my ego arise, seeing my attachment of money come through, and then having to process it and work on it rather than be so removed that I believe I'm pure. So I'd rather be reminded of my flaws and impurities and have to grapple with that on a daily basis to make me hold on to higher ideals than be so far removed from them that I walk around feeling like I've conquered my mind, but in reality, I haven't. So I really enjoyed that paradox. Man. <laughs> it is quite the paradox. Um, I could talk to you for hours about this, but thank you so much for joining me on the show. Uh, thank and, you, And uh, congratulations on all of your success. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have you again when the midterms are on, and then we'll test all of these theories <laughs> I'd love to that. help America calm down. Thank you so much, Jay. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you. Appreciate it. Be sure to check out The Daily J, available exclusively on Calm. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, this weekend was the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And while it is still law in much of the country, women's reproductive rights are being threatened. But Planned Parenthood is on the ground, helping deliver vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of people, not just in the United States, but worldwide. So if you want to support them in their mission, then please donate at the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, just because James Bond is in the trailer doesn't mean he's in the movie. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.